It's his birthday today, by the way. Who's? Kyle's. Happy birthday, Kyle. I got him something. Delivered it to him before media. It was more of a olive branch. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey guys, welcome to Actions Detrimental, Richmond edition, hometown edition, my favorite fans edition. Uh, I'm Denny Hamlin, driver the number 11 Mavis Tires and Brakes Toyota for this past weekend. And my co-host is uh, Jared Allen, uh, Purple Vest Guy 560. Jared D. Allen. Jared D. Allen. If you're yeah, looking him up on social. Yeah, you couldn't find me this weekend. No, I Which, found you. You were outside my bus signing autographs <laughs> on your hero cards. You couldn't find me on the can, internet. Can you explain that to me? Ronnie, your your good buddy, high school buddy, Ronnie, uh, he needed a hero card for his Denny Hamlin. He said, hey, hey, man, come on. Can you sign me a couple of them cards right there? Yeah, give them he, to sent my kids me, and, he sent me a picture here. I'll, I'll show you. Live on the air. Ronnie Hickson. But who did he have? Uh, you, you were writing a letter to someone well, I, on these things. Okay. Well, first, here's, here's Ronnie's. Yeah, wow, I mean, what seen, a shrine. You've seen this, right? Give me this thing. Give it to me. Now, here. Here. Just to your camera. They'll do the best is, they can is this to, good, Travis? to zoom can in. You? No, you got to zoom way in. And bring your camera out. Look at the camera. Right here. Tr- right here's your camera. Okay. Right. This is my buddy, Ronnie. You can't see it. You're, now your hands are in the way. It's just a it's It's just a Help me out. Mass. Travis is going to help us out. Get a little zoom in here. Ronnie is uh, was my best friend in high school. Well, you could put it on. The, I'll that send was you the ter- picture. That was terrible. Um, it was. I saw it was blurred. It was. We'll, that, we'll, we'll add it in. I'll send him. But Ronnie was a high school friend. He's still a great friend of mine. He's my best friend in high school. Um, man, the guy loves hunting. Uh, he's not really a fishing guy, but he uh, he loves to knock down some buck. And a dough every now and then. I give him shit about that. Um, but yeah, and uh, and drinking beer. I so, think it's funny. The, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. The story, when you moved to Charlotte, you moved to Charlotte with Austin and Scotty. Yeah. And Ronnie couldn't, Ronnie couldn't make it, right? R- Ronnie's like, I can't leave Chesterfield. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't do it. No. And I think at the time, I'm trying to think about the timing. I think that's right around when... Uh, uh, his girlfriend at the time got pregnant with twins. Okay. So, so it wasn't just, I don't want the city life. I like Chesterfield too much. Well, he, he's, you know him, right? He ain't moving down to the city. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, I was, uh, down here for a couple years and then, you know, I, I had a breakup and then at the time, Austin and Scotty were living in, in Chesterfield, Virginia, and they, uh, I, I said, hey, y'all come on down and move down with me, and then we ended up having parties every Tuesday night at the house, so it was crazy times in my life between 2000, I don't know, probably 2007 or eight to 2012, <sighs> late nights, late nights, because before I started doing that, I used to go over to Dale Jr.'s house, you know, it's people know about the western town that the late nights we used to have there and you know back then i mean martin truex would be an all-nighter guy he, i mean he goes till the sun comes up people uh you, you didn't realize the the wild side that martin truex had sounds like a it was time. fun it was fun i mean i was just coming down here so i was kind of starstruck with all the you know guys you know race car drivers that would hang out at dale jr's for so many nights and then it's like ah, i'm gonna start my own thing up here instead of traveling 40 miles up to nowhere, Mooresville. 
how the times change from those days to now you win your 50th race and you play pickleball till 3 a.m. It's just so different from what it used to be. And a lot of it is because the hangovers are just so much worse than what they used to be. I mean, I, I don't have time to be out for a day where it used to be. I can just get myself to my body to 12 o'clock and then boom, I was ready to move on to the next day. So things have changed. Getting old sucks. I used to hear people say it all the time. I didn't believe them, but it's true. Xfinity Series has a new home on the CW exclusive deal coming in 2025. We'll run until 2031, getting $115 million per year. Um, like I said, exclusive rights to the CW. Yeah. I, you know, immediately when we saw it, us car owners, cup car owners are like, all right, let's start doing math. Let's try to figure out what's what's in this deal, what's not in this deal. How does it relate to the current deal? And, it, you know, from the information I gathered from the sources I have, it's like it's it's what it was was 75 million um, ish. And then you go from 115. What's not included, though, in that 115 is NASCAR is going to produce um, the Xfinity series. So likely uh, they'll be producing it out of Charlotte, wherever the race is. Right. So they won't be traveling a whole lot of people. And NASCAR will then charge back whatever the production cost is to them to produce this to CW. So, you know, NASCAR um, built, you know, a $30 million production facility right there next to the R&D Center in uh, Concord for these reasons. You know, you have this, you have a potential Amazon coming on, um, and Amazon doesn't, well, I guess they do produce some things, but they'll likely lean on NASCAR to uh, to produce uh, that, that series. So, you know, they're, they're setting themselves up to be the kind of all inclusive, Hey, you want to bid on our sport? We can help produce it for you. You don't have to put that cost in. So I guess the only thing to discuss really is, well, what is that production cost? What, what is NASCAR then charge back for that production cost? And then that's really what your gain will be as far as, um, the financial benefit for, uh, the Xfinity series. So, you know, I spoke to Dale Jr. a little bit about it, and he definitely sees the positives in it for sure. I mean, you're going to have one home for the Xfinity Series. I do think that's a good thing. I do. Uh, you do lose some efficiencies on the TV side simply because, it, as you notice, a lot of you know, when NBC or Fox has one of the races, they also do the Xfinity Series. So because the, the announcers are already there, the production team's already there, and with NASCAR doing it, if you have your incumbents, Fox and NBC return in 2025, they'll just be doing Xfinity series or um, they'll be just be doing cup series. So I guess I, I, I'm thinking out loud here. Some questions that I might have would be, man, are we've, we just lost a lot of content that we, you know, the, the Xfinity series gets about 350,000 people watching qualifying that's more than most stick and ball sports get for a game that's that's pretty good and then they get you know the, the million or so for the race so i know that tv partners want more content more content more content so if you peel off the xfinity series and say all right it's going to cw now what you've just taken away a lot of content that's in because that package that we're selling Right. A, a deal with NBC or Fox in the past has included the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. Yes. 
So, so you know, if you're looking for a raise from those guys, you've just lost some content. But I don't Are know. You taking part we don't of that know money because in- I mean, listen. I wish we knew. I think we should know. I think that obviously we've said for a long time that the teams probably should be in some of these meetings because we control the content and we can provide more access and rights that NASCAR doesn't own. But it's um, they haven't seemed as interested in in collecting those rights and normally they'll just go do a deal and then hand it to us and say, well, here's the deal. So that's what we've kind of been, you know, fighting over for the last couple of years or a year or so with this is like, you know, how can we get more involved in it to, to understand it? And so, um, I don't know, you never know what NASCAR is cooking up and you know, what they've got planned long-term. I think that they're still very optimistic about, um, where they stand on uh, the media rights deal for the cup series and obviously helping change the business model for the cup teams, because that is an absolute necessary thing with the Xfinity series currently on NBC and then, and then Fox early in the year, how many of those viewers, the 300,000 you said, watch practice the million you get for the race. How many of those viewers do you think are accidentally stumbling upon the Xfinity series? Cause what I think is good about this, at least in, in my perspective Every Friday night, I know where I'm going to be able to find the truck race. I can go on my computer, Fox Sports Go, truck race is going to be streaming online, don't need a TV, I pull it up. Saturday and Sunday, not necessarily the case. I'm wondering where's the cup race, what channel's cup race on this weekend, where's the Xfinity race? Now you know Xfinity race is on CW, Saturday, every week, practice qualifying. There's value to it. There's no question there's value to it. Uh, the only difference, right, is that the, the folks that watch cup qualifying – what leads? What happens right after cup qualifying? You've got the Xfinity race. Now you've got to tune out of that to the, go to CW. So, and will NBC be or Fox, depending on what season we're in with the Cup Series, will they be promoting that the Xfinity race is on another network? Hmm. Good question. Don't know. You would think so. I mean, I, the more NASCAR or motorsports fans that you can gather. I mean, I see them cross promoting a lot, actually. Uh, you know, even different major networks. So I think that that's uh, it is an important thing to help the overall sport grow. And if the overall sport grows, then the each incumbent will get more advertising revenue because more people are tuning in. So um, yeah, it, it, uh, still a lot of details that need to come out of it for us to really kind of understand what this means uh, for us as cup owners. But I think that the, you know, certainly the Xfinity series needs needed some help as well. Uh, I think you can talk to Dale Jr. And those guys like, you know, if you look at the Xfinity series, it's, it's tough. I mean, go walk around the garage. There's like, you know, 10 kind of good funded cars. And then there's everyone else. And everyone else is, you know, teams struggling to get to the racetrack and struggling to put together a, a formidable car to to run. So it's very, very tough on these guys. And hopefully they, you know, get to see some of this benefit uh, going forward. Yeah. Would you say this is a good number money-wise for the Xfinity Series? I see a lot of like, people trying to co- compare it to like, well, this is about what they get for F1. F1 has half the races, so it's very, very different. I'm sure there's there's going to be someone that breaks it down based off of 
per race, I, I saw a couple guys online trying to break it down how much it is per race. What's the actual bump in revenue for the Xfinity series? But again, we we don't know the details of how much NASCAR is going to charge for the production of it. That that could eat into whatever that gap between seventy five million and one hundred and fifteen million is. How much of that it eats into, we don't know. Got it. Well, next year in, or I guess this is 2025. In 2024, we could have another star coming to the Xfinity Series and Shane Van Ginsenberg announcing that he will be moving to NASCAR mm-hmm. next season. Yeah, I mean, the rumor's been swir- swirling about this quite a bit. Um, I'm excited because I think that He's a, a great talent. Um, man, I, I don't... Has he ever... I guess my question is, has he ever run an oval? Do we know? Has he ever run an oval? Travis, he's quickly grabbed his phone to check it, uh, to see... I feel like that would be something that'd be noted in a bullet point on all these articles announcing that he's coming to race, and it has not been. So It's exciting because he went out, he won his very first race, right. and like it's like, holy cow, this is amazing, right? I guess... I, I need to know more about, I need to find out more about him for sure. Like what makes him a great race car driver in those supercars? He's obviously a great race car driver, period, because he came over here and, and won in NASCAR in his first start. But it's like, I know everyone as a race car driver has their identity, right? For a long time, it was Denny, it was short tracks. And then it kind of moved to sp- super speedways. And, you know, everyone just kind of has somewhat of an identity of what they're, really specialized at or what they're you know aj Allmendinger, he's a road course guy right um what about shane is great is he a exceptional street racer uh he has uh some um dirt racing yeah. ovals he, experience sprint cars sprint oh, cars awesome yeah. he, i mean i'm guessing he's won quite a bit I he mean, better he's gonna be proponent for uh, bristol dirt to stay then i guess <laughs> no doubt <laughs> Don't do that, NASCAR. Please, don't do it. Um, but, okay, so he's got some oval. Asphalt oval, dirt ovals, very, very different. But I guess maybe a team, what they say is that, man, if he can go out and he can win, he can get us in the playoffs. This is my ticket to the playoffs is to go hire this guy. Um, I think we'll know more after the Indy road course race because – you know, I think that we've all got experience at that road course race now. At Chicago, I it's it's really hard for me to explain, but he was so much faster than the field in the in the tight street area, right there, kind of on is that Michigan that we were on? That Michigan Avenue, he was so fast in that section. He was he was very good everywhere else, but he was exceptional in the. Whatchamacallit. Yeah. Over the bridge. The, yeah. The half circle. Yes. Yeah. There and then just kind of in that slow check section and uh, turn 11. He was very, very fast. But that's what the supercars, they're so used to on racing on a street, having these walls right next to us. You know, we're in cup. We're, we can't see and whatnot. And it's just, we're not used to it. So I think we'll know a lot more about what is this guy's ceiling when we get to the Indy road course, because you're going then to attract where all the cup drivers, we've got some experience. We're not going to be as far off. We're going to be more comfortable with what we've got. And so 
does he have that advantage over the field at Indy Road Course? I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't think so. That doesn't mean he won't contend for a win and be up front. It just won't be as easy as what it was at, uh, certainly at, at Chicago. Yeah, he'll, he'll also be introduced to the bumper car aspect of, of racing. Oh, NASCAR. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, welcome to turn one on a restart at, at uh, Indy. It, it's uh, it's going to be different for sure, but I mean... The guy drove on the wrong side of the car, and one. I just I keep going back to that. That that is an accomplishment. I just I can't fathom. What does your phone say about what uh I, what he's I, good at? Uh, let me get back to you while you're looking that up. But I'm I'm on uh, Chat GPT, um, and I'm I'm going to AI what makes Shane Van Gisnenberg. Ginsenbergen. Ginsenbergen, a great race car driver. Because usually it'll pop up, you know, it, it searches all this stuff. It's Gisber- going to tell... Gis- Gisbergen. Gisbergen. It's going to tell us what the internet thinks. Why is he great at what he does? What is his specialty? So let me get back to you on that. What were you going to say, Travis? Uh, he has won one of the sprint car races. His first time he finished 14th. So it, it seems like it's a limited... Um, and he even admitted that half the races that he does over there are the street courses to the Denny's point about race in Chicago. Okay. So I mean, perfect time for him to get into the cup series. If more street courses are on the horizon. Okay. Um, so <laughs> AI says he is a ha- highly talented race car driver known for several qualities that contribute to his greatness. He possesses exceptional driving skills, a deep understanding of racecraft and the ability to adapt quickly to a different to different track conditions. Additionally, his determination, focus, and consistent performance on the racetrack have earned him numerous victories and accolades. However, for the most up-to-date information, check again new sort of blah, blah, blah. Man, that sounds like a, a resume. I, yeah. Well, does the ability to adapt to different track conditions include track shape? Because if Maybe. that's the case, he sounds like he's a slam dunk. Slam dunk. Um... Again, I, we're going to know more after Indy Broke Horse, sorry. So tune back in for that. But I think it's awesome to have someone who is uh, at the highest level in Australia and there's in the supercars wanting to come to NASCAR. Uh, he obviously had a great experience. Um, he liked what we're, we're doing. He, he likes the projectile that the – no, projectile. The, the, what am I looking at? The uh, projection or whatever. Trajectory? Trajectory. That's what I'm looking for of our series and so he's willing to leave what he's comfortable with to come over here and challenge himself that's awesome while your phone is open can you search your name <laughs> see oh, what it man. says about you <laughs> sure dag on it all right um what else? oh so let's talk about the the lower series and xfinity series and truck series okay. right so look that up and then save it and then we'll get to it in a second when we move on to the cup mm-hmm. race. All right, Xfinity Series. Really, I mean, they were in Road America this weekend, um, but really I feel like the, the the key point we need to talk about is the final lap of this race because, my goodness, if you haven't seen it, go look it up on YouTube. Just fantastic. The epitome of an Xfinity Series finish. It was. It was. It was, um, it was, it was entertaining. I, I loved it. They, they, they weren't green a lot. Uh, there was a lot of cautions late, and um, man, there was there was one time I thought that <clears throat> I remember 
I came in after qualifying and I'm like, I'm going to wait till the end of this stage to shower and take my suit off and, and get situated. And I, it, it had to be an hour and a half late. There was like three laps to go in the stage and there had to be an hour and a half later before the next stage started. So it was just like so long. It was so long. But it all didn't matter because we had a fantastic finish with Justin Allgaier, um, Sam Mayer, and Sage Karam. And I was watching, and the whole time I'm watching Sage because I'm like, man, he is just, I, I've heard how aggressive he is from competitors that race against him and whatnot. But I'm like, I kept watching him thinking, all right, he's going to make a bonehead move. I know it. It's coming. And he never did. He just he just drove so well in that Sam Hunt car. The Sam Hunt cars were really good. Why do you give me that? Well, you said he never made a bonehead move, but I'm watching him mow the grass here on the last lap. <laughs> I'm saying he didn't take anyone out. He didn't take anyone out. No, right? other than himself. I, I get it, but I mean, it's easy to get excited in those moments. People, you don't know, like, when you have your chance to win your very first race and it's on a road course, this isn't an oval. Like... You know, the line isn't really defined that well. So um, it's easy to get excited. And it appeared whoever was leading that race was very excited into whatever corner they were driving into because they overshot it every time. <laughs> and um, but, yeah, it was just an Unfortunately for him, he dominated the race and then just slipped up and made a mistake. And then here comes Mayor and Sage and he just then overdrove. Uh, I don't know what one of those corners, one of the last ones. Yeah, but in the end, we had Sam Mayer. How like who had this on their bingo card? Not many people winning his very first race in Road America on a uh, road course. So I think he did a phenomenal job. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Sam as far as his trajectory. Um, he's he's trending well. He is. I mean, at the very beginning. It would have been very easy to write Sam off saying he just wrecks too much and he's, you know, he doesn't have the speed of his teammates and it's just whatever. You could you could make that argument, but sometimes I think we forget how young these guys are. I mean, they're really, really young. And so now we're starting to see him turn the corner and come into his own. And it's not just about the win this weekend. He's steadily gotten better throughout his career at junior motorsports. So I think that he's someone that probably as long as he doesn't leave, I think in two years he could be a championship favorite in the Xfinity series. So I, I, I like it. I like where he's at. He's doing a good job. And I think the composure he showed at the end of that race, while Sage and Justin were running off the track and everything, he was, he was doing a really good job. Yeah, for what it's worth, he did. He passed Parker Klingerman come into the white in that last corner. I don't know what number that is at, at Road America. Yeah, we saw Parker. I thought he was in control because I, I, I was in the bus. I was kind of shouting through this whole last sequence and whatnot, and I'm like, I'm rooting for Parker. I'm a, I'm a big Parker fan. And so I'm rooting for him, and I see that on coming in the last corner, he missed it, but there was – you see rooster tails of – of stage ride coming out of the back of his car. And it's like, man, I guess he just hit the stage ride just wrong. And, um, and he lost it, but 
Yeah, it was it was exciting. You had a lot of first time winners potentially, and then and Justin Allgaier all in that final couple laps of a battle. It was awesome to see. It was really fun as a fan to watch that. Yeah, to Samuel's credit, what I was getting to is he had to drive a perfect final lap. He did. to win his first race. So as you said, guys get excited in that situation. He he didn't he didn't overshoot anything and nope. and, and he won the race. Yeah, um, definitely want to talk about the truck race as well. Uh, Ty Majeski, you know, so in my bus, I've got the TV, I got my couch TV, and I got a large scoring monitor that helps me watch lap times as I'm watching the race to understand, hey, if I see someone running a certain line, I'll look over and see, oh, they're making some speed there. So I'm watching him, and I, it's been a very long time since I've seen a vehicle that dominant over the field. It's been I, I can't remember the last time that one was four tenths, maybe a half a second faster than the field in the long run, faster. But even in traffic, he was dramatically faster than the field, and so it was. They he tried to throw it away with a speeding penalty. You know what I would say to Ty Majeski is, what in the world are you doing speeding? You could come out fifth. You're still going to win the race, like. Don't you? You have to be situational aware of what what you got. What's going to keep me from winning on this day? And and so he tried to give it away with the speeding penalty, and then um, he comes back through the field, and I'm watching the times. I'm like, this is just cake. He is going to come through this field so quickly, and he starts catching. Then they have this uh, the the sequence for green flag pit stops. I guess my question would be to the team, what are you doing? I, I guess I know that you're counting on, well, he's so good in the long run, so we're going to go long or not pit. But he's so much faster than the field. He's only a couple seconds behind Carson Hosevar when they start these sequences. As a race team, how can we lose it? We can lose it on strategy. We can lose it by making mistakes. They did both, and they lost. And so that's a hard one to swallow. I know it is for, for, for that team, especially. You just don't come across races like that where you're that dominant. But, man, they had to just stay on sequence with the 42 because they were light years faster than them. It didn't matter that they were going to come out a, second, a couple of seconds behind. He would have caught that in five laps. So they just mismanaged that race uh, i know it's easy to say on monday because he lost but when you have a you, you only you have to just think about what will take us out and they managed to do the two things that would take them out of winning the race which was a bummer for ty i'm a very i'm very high on ty majeski i think that he's he knows about his car he kind of I don't know Ryan Newman a, a ton, but they said he was very in tune with his race car, what it needed. Uh, I know Ty works at the race shop, building shocks for all the trucks at, at Thurisport, and he's a really good race car driver. He's an awesome short track racer, as good, if not better, than Josh Berry. I think that those two put themselves in a very upper echelon of short track racers. Um, but Ty's... Man, he's he's really good. I, I'd love to see him get a shot at the next level in the Xfinity Series. Speaking of him and, and Carson Hosevar, how do you 
uh, view the up and coming talent in the Xfinity series and the truck series? Is it equal? Is one series no have trucks more better. than the other? Trucks are better. I mean, the competition level is better in trucks. There's no question. There's more. There's more better trucks in Xfinity's in the in the truck series. Xfinity. I don't know. It's I, I don't know if it's the model or what, but it you know if you look at the starting grid from twelve years ago, you had twenty five really good cars, and you had eight nine Cup drivers in it, and it was it was a battle. It was it was something to be seen. I mean, there might be eight cars that can win an Xfinity Series. Maybe there's eight cars. Um, eight cars and or drivers that can win. I just think the Truck Series has more good trucks with more young up-and-coming talent in it. So I think it's harder to win in trucks than it is in Xfinity. So do those Just guys, my opinion. Do those guys then run in truck and then look for a riding cup, or you still think you have to go through it? No, I think you still go through the process. Um, I don't know that Xfinity Series now benefits you a ton in Cup because they do drive so differently. Uh, more than likely, uh, the trucks drive more similar to the next gen than what Xfinity does. So, but it's you know, I don't think I don't think any Cup owner is going to trust just someone running in the Truck Series. I just I just don't. So, I mean, Carson Hosevar, I think he's he's getting better trajectory is good on him as well um great win for him he's 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 you know obviously went through a real rough patch there i know he's a uh guest on dbc if y'all want to tune in after yeah, you listen if to you, us to if DBC. you know anything about dbc you know how those guys feel about <laughs> carson so far is this the first time he's on it i would think so it is yeah yeah, yeah. so that'll be exciting to to hear that because i know brett you know he, <laughs> he gave carson so much <laughs> for so long um, so it's cool that, you know, Carson's going to go there and, and hopefully stick out for himself and, you know, plop the old trophy right there in front of those guys and say, what's up now? He's so, got two now. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's doing well. I'm even when he ran in the cup car, I mean, you could argue he outran Corey in his own, you know, when Corey ran the nine car. So it, uh, he was doing a really good job. And, and I think that he's another guy that, you know, we're probably going to see in the Xfinity series soon. There is. There's just a lot of young talent in the truck series that I like. That there really is. So Corey Heim, man, he's these these kids are young. They are young. I, they're half my age. It's so sad to say they're half my age. So they've got so much learning to do, yet have got so much talent for their age that you know I think the future is bright as far as what's going to be coming in the Cup Series over the next five to ten years. Unlock your phone. What did what did Chat GPT have to say about you? Okay, the answer is quite a bit longer. <laughs> Denny Hamlin is an unliked race. It gave driver. five <laughs> points. No, hold on. There's five points here. It says number one, consistency has shown consistency. I'm not. I can't. I can't say this about myself. All right, then throw your phone over here. Number two, racing intelligence. There'd be some fans, some fans that would uh, argue that. Natural talent is number three. Number four is experience. Number five, teamwork. <laughs> He's also formed uh, partnerships with his team and crew, creating positive, efficient working environment. Yeah, I like that. Please note, it says at the very bottom, that racing is a dynamic sport, and the new developments might have occurred beyond our last update. <laughs> 
Can you? Can you? <laughs> yeah, they don't have. Uh, they don't have my last few instances. This is as of September 2021. Uh, a lot has changed since then. <laughs> like what? You're getting booed at your home track now. Buddy, as you can see, my care level is so low on that. Just keep making noise, please. When they call my name, don't just sit there. Don't clap. I either want a loud shout, yes, yay, or give me the give me all you got in the booze. Like I want noise. I want volume. I want to know because you obviously know that's coming, right? Whether it's a, a, a like you said, a cheer or a boo. When you're in the tunnel, like this past weekend at Richmond, like wh- you came out on your. It's the only. I gave him the model wave. Yeah, it's the only uh, intro that was tweeted out on. X. Well, NBC. Yeah. <laughs> I love NBC, but man, they feed drama. They like that's their they they feed into the drama way more than Fox does. They play into the rivalries way more than Fox does. Which, I mean, they're they're trying to get the, you know people interested, right? Right. Um, but you also had um, the president of Richmond saying, you know, in our drivers meeting that like last week was great. Like our phones, as soon as it happened. Ticket sales instantly went up. You Yes, you want drama. But I want to know is when you're in the tunnel, are you thinking about what you're going to do when you go out there? Like, are you thinking about a plan on how you're going to react? To not, play it up a little not bit. Not really. I mean, I just... I mean, you don't want to come out of the tunnel with your head hung high. You know, you don't want to give the 11s to the people. <laughs> I, you just want to smile and wave. Smile and wave. Let them know. I hear you, but here I am, and there you are. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. What else do you do? I don't know what else you're no, supposed to do. I don't know. You can do whatever you want. I'm just wondering if you're thinking about that before you. I you're would, formulating a plan in your mind. Let me just say this, this though. Is how I'm gonna, I was very yeah. pleasantly surprised. You were around me all weekend. We typically hear, you know, people chirp once I go past them or when my back's to them. It's less in my face. Right. But I thought this weekend the fans were pretty good and pretty respectful. And I saw a ton of 11 gear out there. I mean, I still am confident we have more fans than we've ever had. Um, but it's it's people passionate about racing. And, and I get it. I, I understand. And I think that typically the further away from you that they are, the more disrespectful that they become. It's just, yeah. I mean, that's, that's why Twitter is, a, is such a, tough place because they're they're so far distance from you that you know they think that you know you're the only one that sees what they what they say yeah i personally got a, I, I get a kick out of it regardless um because i think like you said any noise is, is good noise um but right before the anthem you're standing at your car and there's fans on the other side of the wall obviously and Right before the anthem, everything gets quiet. And this guy's been shouting, Denny, Denny, the, the whole time. He wants to get my attention. Right. And as soon as it goes quiet, he goes, Denny, I know I, you can f***ing hear me. <laughs> <laughs> I could. And I, we didn't acknowledge him. I saw him earlier. Sorry, Mo- Molly's sitting in the corner. Sorry, Molly. <laughs> oh, I didn't see him, but I saw him earlier. So I knew who the person, I, I didn't know him. Yeah. Right. He wanted me to see 
him giving me the 11s. <coughs> yeah. Right? And it, it took every power in my being not to turn around and act like I was going to give him the 11s and then give him the old, the old crying face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wanted to so bad. But I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't, just ignore. You don't have any nice thing, no, nice things to say. So I, uh, I just ignored him. But yes, fella who was screaming, we did hear you. Um, you, you even got a kick at it for Chase Elliott. He's in front of me in the driver in, in, uh, uh, on the grid. And you saw him and his team and this guy's yelling, like chucking it up. So yeah. I was trying to position myself. I was hoping you were going to turn and do something. I was trying to position myself. Okay, how can I get him in the camera and this guy in the camera at the same time? Because that would be my post-race. Did you see him? Yeah. Okay. Did you get any photos of him? I don't think so. And by the way, we don't encourage because I will not engage with that unless you're like, you're f***ing awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which you know which is why i played rock paper scissors with that one guy you saw me on the you know there was some guy uh a fan you know i don't know if it was just me or he was doing it with all the drivers but he had his hand out and he had this and as we go by he he'd do this and i'm like okay yeah it's on so i'll go you know one two three and he busts the scissors on my paper and yeah cut me up i saw a twitter comment which was perfect it said oh would you put paper or you put scissors i put paper you okay. scissors yeah okay so he said oh obviously denny went paper he left his rock in pocono <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't see that you should go back and look for it oh it's that's good that's good i love it all right uh, how about we talk racing in the cup series what do yeah. you think? Richmond. Okay. Go for it. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts is, dang, what a bummer. Uh, second. I was very content with second with 15 to go, but I wasn't with three to go. Um, I thought that the overall weekend was really successful. The 2311 cars were rocket fast. Um, I thought that, you know, they made dramatic gains in, uh, at their prowess at richmond they did a really good job of working on their craft and and getting better um the rfk's cars were phenomenal you cannot give them enough credit for what they accomplished and uh both the six and the 17 were well in control of that race but it's so hard in this sport because you know you got to have it all put together and the 17 had no mistakes all day and really everyone around them I, I guess except us, we didn't have any mistakes. We just, you know, lost a little track position here and there. And we just weren't fast enough when we needed to be. We lost it a little bit in the middle stages of the race. But by the time we got it back, it was too late in the day. And then, you know, the race was pretty much over. So they did a phenomenal job. Chris did a great job driving the car. And, and RFK just was phenomenal. So I just can't give them enough credit. I know what it takes to... um uh, you know, build a team and, you know, yes, that team has been established for a while, but, you know, to take it from the struggling years that they had to, um, you know, making a race winning organization now a couple years in a row uh, is, is, is phenomenal. Steve Newmark, the RFK group, uh, for the Fenway group, Brad, 
everyone who's a part of it is, you know, certainly put a lot of work in to, to get it to this point in a year where, you know, their performance has dramatically taken a step forward when you would argue the manufacturer or the car, the people that drive for that manufacturer has taken a step back. So they're, they're exceeding expectations and out kicking their coverage. Certainly at this point, as an owner, I'm curious, what does it say about RFK that it seems like they are the most in sync team on the grid, like wherever like, one runs the other. Yeah. When the six is good, the 17 is good. When the 17 is good, the six is good. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily see that with other teams. Yeah. It's, it's the more cars you have, the harder it is to lump them all together. Um, I mean, on the flip side, you had Hendrick last, you know, yesterday who was, they were, I think Cliff Daniels even said on the radio, it was like, yeah, we are all the same. We're all equally sucky. Like, you know, we're all just, you know, sometimes you see that. And then sometimes you see one break away from the other. I think the Gibbs cars, eh, they didn't show what I thought they would yesterday. Now, Truex was on a completely different strategy than everyone else, all the other Gibbs cars yesterday. But, I mean, I never saw C-Bell. Did he have any issues? Not that we can... Not really, right? And Ty... I mean, Ty was, you know, hanging around at the back end of the top 10. So, he's running where he should, uh, for sure. But I just... Usually, that's like a... That's a Gibbs or Hendrick track. And it... It wasn't. It was really a 2311 and RFK track yesterday. Seabell did have a speeding penalty. Ah, mm. that'll, that'll do it. Do it. Yep. <laughs> that'll do it. You you just cannot speed under green. The, the penalties are just too huge to do it. It's too hard to pass. Not speeding, but your driver, Tyler Reddick, missed the commitment cone under green. Hand like, and face emoji. I just... Jeez, just they, they really struggle to finish, you know, kind of like what they're capable of. Now, again, they, they did it at Pocono, but the mistakes, man, the mistakes is just killing um, the 23 and 45. And, and I saw the 23 had a long pit stop. I mean, you can overcome that. It was under green as well, um, but he lost a few positions, but then just kind of started bleeding some spots late in the day. Um, so, but it looked like they maybe lost the handle of their car as well, which we did in the middle, but then towards the end, we got our handle back where it needed to be. So, um, uh, he it's start, hard. Bell started at the rear at the final stage. Okay. So it was under caution. Yeah. Well, why was he two laps down? Just ran back? I don't know. Just you yeah. go laps down when you're, yeah. I know they struggled the in practice, back. but yeah, I mean, very uncharacteristic. I think of, of the Gibbs cars in general of, uh, you know, it wasn't a Gibbs and Hendrick day for sure. Uh, so I, I think that, I mean, RFK and 2311 showed the way for the most part of the race. And I think the fastest car won. I mean, there's, that's just, it's hard to dispute it. What changed between spring and now? Cause like you said, not only were the Gibbs and Hendrick cars, not the, the class of the field today, like they were, in the spring, Hendrick Carr won the race in the spring, but also looking at Jeff Gluck's was it a good race poll? This race is hovering around 50 50, whereas the spring race was 80 20. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, what changes other than nothing. the weather? Yeah, nothing. Nothing really changed. I think it's just the flow of the race. Do we have cautions? And how does the finish? I mean, 
you know, the race could have gone completely green and then, you know, maybe it's 45% or something, but I think it's just, sometimes it's the flow of the race. And sometimes in that type of racing, you're going to have cars that hit the setup and I'll, I'll say this too. Here's, here's what I think about it is that in the second race, the field gets closer together. I think in the first race of the season at any given track, the field is more spread. There's got to be some sort of scientific proof on this that in the second race, when people make adjustments, the fast guys don't get faster the second time around. They, they typically maintain, maybe get a skosh better. But the tail end of the field, who was way off in left field the first time around, gets better. They learn. And then when they come back, they go like this. They tighten it up. Well, what happens when the field tightens up? There ain't much passing because everyone starts to run equal. So I think that that probably played a factor. I would argue to say probably that there was less green flag passes. Mike Ford, NASCAR, let's give us some stats on that. There had to be less green flag passes than what we've had in the spring. But it's because everyone's the same. I mean, it was so hard to pass lap cars. Cars that you started with, and they were three-quarters of a mile behind you, you now get behind them, and all of a sudden you, you lose two, three-tenths of, of speed. Like, it was so hard to pass. I, and, and there's just not a whole lot of explanation of why. I mean, I think, I think we know why, but who knows, right? I mean, they're working on this new short track package. I'll stay optimistic until it proves otherwise, but we got some work to do. I think that, you know, it's hard to put this one on Goodyear. They've, the tire fall off was around a second and a half um, by the end of the race. So it's tough. It's just these cars don't have much downforce. And when you put it behind another car, it just, it loses so much grip. With what you just said about teams getting better and more equal on the second time around to a track makes me think that it would be a good experiment next year or whatever year to go to one race at tracks like Richmond where you're not seeing a, a great fan turnout where you're not seeing great racing time after time. It seems like that that's worked at some tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's data to be had. Where's Jeff Gluck's poll on races, you know, on, Number two races. Now, some of them, rich, you know, like Martinsville two, usually is well. It's because, far and above, yeah, because well, circumstances. of this, because of the circumstances, the yeah. stakes, and people are more aggressive for whatever reason. Daytona two, Daytona five hundred, people are riding in a line for most of the day. Daytona two, you've got twenty guys that this is their it's last shot. Right, it's a way different. It's way different. Way so different track, maybe you can't everything. use the data. To, you have to individualize it, but it's um, certainly tracks like this. The field gets closer together because it's just, that's just the way it works. So last year, Richmond one was 63%. Richmond two was 70. Mm, yeah. Martinsville one was 18. Oh, that was, that was bad. Martinsville two was 78. Darlington two was a ninety three. You know the wall ride. And Darl nine. Darlington one was eighty six. The thing is though, all those tracks that you just mentioned, other than Richmond, are good tracks. Racing at Darlington is consistently good. Yeah. The second race at Martinsville is consistently good for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I, I certainly I am. I'll 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 die on the post that the 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 field gets tighter, passing gets more difficult. So it's just I mean there was many times that I because of the strategy the eleven car had of us staying out a little bit longer, I would gain two three tenths on the cars in front of me. But as soon as I get to them. It's like a roadblock. I just, I, you can't get around them. You can't buzz through them like you used to. So it's just so different. And, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know what the exact answer is. I mean, if you look at the platform of the race cars, we got our noses up because we've got to feed the back of the diffuser to make downforce, which that makes them plow in traffic. I don't know. I, I want to read Brad Kozlowski's post-race comments real quick because I thought they were interesting. I want to get your take on them. He said, from the driver perspective, when we dropped the green at the start of stage two, I was just digging. I'm in the background going, oh, God, don't let this go long green flag run because I knew I burnt the rear tires off the car. By nature, this couple paragraphs down now, by nature, that means you just have races with long runs because everyone will sell out for the short runs then the racing gets dramatically worse. When everybody in the field can sell out for short runs, you never see any passing, comers and goers. Start the air pressures high, do all these different things, have the car sideways loose. To me, that is the worst racing you're ever going to see. So he's actually saying these long green flag runs yesterday, from a driver's perspective, was good for racing. Yeah, and I said in my media after the race that like if you're a racing purist, you like this type of racing because there's strategy in it. This Richmond is the closest to an F1 race you'll possibly find just because strategy is such a big part of it. Now, our racing is way more competitive than F1, even when it is strung out. But it's that type of race where you're going to have to really enjoy the strategy to enjoy the race. If you're looking for side-by-side, beating and bang, it's just that's, that's not the track. It, yeah. it just isn't because... You know, we are fighting different things that you don't see inside the race car. Um, so I think NBC does a really good job of kind of, they painted the picture of the strategy, what's going on, who's going long, who's going short. Um, this person should come to this. They could probably do some more projections of here's where we think this person will come out because they went long or because they went right. short. Sell the strategy. Make yeah, people you, you, care you about pretty much got to got to really sell it. Um but it's super difficult to do. Um, I, I get it. So, and I also agree. Brad said, said too that you know you got to have tracks like this on our schedule because this is it's a different type of technique. Sometimes you need to be good on road courses. Sometimes you need to be good on super speedways. But this type of racing is a different discipline. And if you want to truly crown your champion or show who the best drivers, stock car drivers in the world are you got to put them on different type of disciplines. And sometimes this type of racing, you'll see drivers that are super fast, you know, not excel at this type of racing because it's a different type of discipline for sure. Not to go down this rabbit hole, but you did uh, respond to Dale Jr. on Twitter. He said the top groove looks like it needs some resin. Oh, God. You said, Yuck. isn't that just a Band-Aid? It is. And now, you know, what happened was we would all be running in a train up against the wall and nobody would see us all day. Like, it, that's, it's not it. I, I, I know what, we're, what he's trying to say. And I, we're trying to replicate the days of the sealer. 
but we don't have the same cars as what we had when Sealer was around. And what what I'm trying to say is that when they paved Richmond, man, this was before my day. This was uh, early 2000s, or maybe it was late 90s. They then put Sealer on it afterwards. And so there was a lot of grip in the Sealer. So as the, as the cars ran one line, they wore the sealer off. Then they kept moving up the racetrack to chase more sealer. It was almost like resin. But again, the cars are different. The drivers are smarter. There's no refuting that because we have more data. Not We're not smarter naturally because we were born that way. We're smarter because we have more information and data that help us be faster and smarter. So what will we do if you put up one lane of resin around the racetrack? We're going to run in that one lane around in a train and it's just it, it wouldn't it would not i just don't think it would work um again i think you're going to have to appreciate this type of racing to really appreciate it or you're going to just say this is ridiculous and i hate it which i understand both arguments but in my opinion i agree with brad you've got it if you want to challenge us in many disciplines this is just a different discipline you got to be better at um, let's look at take a look at the the final restart. You start on the outside of Chris Busher. Do you think you had a shot at it? I did. I thought I had a great shot at it, but then I spun my tires. TV didn't show it really great, but the top lane is so hard to restart in. And typically on low grip racetracks too, you have the you don't the outside guy is trying to react to the first car. Like I can't go before him. I can't roll up on him you know, at a higher speed, so don't spin them. So I have to react to him. And I'm trying to look at him, look at him to see any kind of lunge that I can to go. But again, he knows how much throttle he's going to carry on that restart. Me, I'm guessing. So when I start to see him go, my immediate reaction is, oh God, got to go. And what do you do is you spin him because you don't want to get left behind. Well, then I buzzed him and then Kyle kind of straightened me out on the restart and was pushing me down the front straightaway. I'm like, oh, this is what I need. And I start two lengths behind Busher entering turn one. And I got such a great run through one and two that I almost got to his outside. And then in three and four, I start and I start to get to his outside. And I'm like, oh, he's running me up. Let me just try to go higher yet off of turn four. I should have just cut it low because at the time I didn't really realize he was only going up the racetrack because his car wasn't turning very good at all. So... I, I when I rewatched it, I'm like, dang it! If I had to do it all over again, I would have just entering turn three, I would have cut low on him because my car was turning great on that restart. His wasn't, and so I would have cut low on him there, got position on the inside of one or two. He would have held me super low, and we likely would have had contact. But again, I'm on the bottom. His car's tight. He really can't control it in the middle of the corner like he needs to. I would have gone low, but I didn't. I'm only using the information that I've got at hand, and that is get to his outside, get to his outside, because then I have the ability to hold him down and keep him from getting through the center of the corner. How do you feel about the comments of don't let Denny get inside of you? He'll do the same thing he did to Larson last week. <laughs> well, I mean, I got ran up. I got ran up. So, what are we talking about here? I, it's, listen, I, again, I would have done the best I could have and, and absolutely on a short track. If I would have got on the inside of them, sure. Coming off the last corner, I probably would have 
ran him up a little bit. He, he, he would do that to me, and there no question. He, he tried to get us up in the, in the middle of three and four. So I don't – that's short track racing, and you just got to accept it, and it's, and it's all good for the win. I don't have any issues with how he – how he executed those, those final restarts. I did a terrible job. He did a great job and won the race. Kyle coming through you there midway through the race, also short track racing. I got no issue with it whatsoever. Everyone just needs to move on. And you know, if he does nothing, his team probably gives him a bunch of right? It was the one opportunity where he was faster than us that day because he had on new tires. And so I kind of, I, I, they told me that the fives on new tires, he's, 10 back, five back. And at that time, I'm trying to battle the 41 for second. I think it was second. And so when I'm side by side with him or re- real close to him, maybe it was 41, maybe it was someone else, but I'm all, I'm side by side and Kyle's not going to let me hold him up. So he's like, here, get you out of the way real quick. It's just, it's convenient. It's a convenient way to like show your displeasure, but keep, keep going about your day. It's his birthday today, by the way. Who's? Kyle's. Happy birthday, Kyle. How old is he? Uh, 31. 31? What did you get him, Jared? What did you get your best friend for his birthday? I'm going to give him the other half of that t-shirt, I think. I I got him something. (laughs) No, I don't know. I got him something. I got him a pair of shoes from the Grove from this past week. uh, And I got him uh, the new Grove uh, Jordan ball marker. And I, I delivered it to him before media this week. Yep, that was very nice. I didn't realize it was a birthday present. It was more of a olive branch of sorry and, you know, here you go. And because usually when I go to the Grove, you know, uh, which is, you know, those who don't know, that's uh, Jordan's uh, golf course he owns in Florida. Like there's exclusive apparel there that you can't get anywhere else. It might be shoes, golf shoes, might be shirts, whatever. And usually I get a request from the buddies. Uh, to pick up a few things from there. So I didn't take, uh, they didn't ask to, for me to get them something, but I just thought I'd be, a, very be, kind of you. be a friend and, and get them some stuff. Yeah, so. Very kind to help out your buddies like yeah, that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, to wrap up uh, this Richmond conversation, we might not have had too much moving on the track, but we did have some movement in the standings. Uh, Bubba um, on the playoff cut line now, plus 54 after yesterday. Michael McDowell, plus 18. He's in 16th. Ty Gibbs in 17th, minus 18, followed by A.J. Allmendinger, minus 22, Suarez, minus 34, and Chase Elliott now, minus 40. Okay. Let me update this. My Suarez pick to make the final, the the playoffs, that's dead. It's a dead bet. <clears throat> he, I, I just, that they're heading in the wrong direction. I haven't really seen the speed out of the track house cars that we saw earlier in the year. But breaking news, Chase Elliott is going to make it. And he's going to make it on points. Stop shaking your head. He's going to make it on points. You want to know how I know? Yes, please. Okay. Enlighten us. Someone tell me where Bubba Wallace was four weeks ago. How many races we got left? He was around the cut line. You're, you're not listening to me. Four. How many races are left? Four. Four. Okay. Show me the points from four weeks ago. Bubba Wallace was like zero to the cut line. Now he's plus 54. And where has his finishes been? Low teens during that four-week stretch. Now he's gotten some stage points, 
But the low teens. Low teens as in around the top. So he went from about the cut line, zero. Let's just call it zero. I think he was plus minus three, whatever. To now plus 54. Chase Elliott is minus 40. Minus 40 with four races to go. You're telling me he can't make up 40 points in four races? He's racing that guy that you're talking about who's had a couple good weeks. He's racing that guy and Michael McDowell for that cut line, though. He's not racing... Two of them are in. Not one. I understand. But Chase has to... The 17, 18, and 19 guy does not really matter for Chase. He's racing the cut line, right? So he's racing McDowell McDowell and Bubba. So you're saying that Chase Elliott can't make up 40 points on McDowell in the next four races? I'm not saying he can't. But McDowell's three strongest tracks or you know a road two road courses and a super speedway are coming up in this final breaking news chase elliott's good on f-ing road courses what are you talking about he's going Making to point 40- them and he's going to get in on points pending pending there's not a crazy new winner at daytona uh, we'll see now you're adding asterisks in here i, I think we need a friendly wager roll between the tape, you two. roll the tape and I guarantee you over previous episodes, I said he's going to point in as long as we don't have a new winner. I could is be that, wrong, is that what he said, but Travis? I don't think so. He's going to get in. Bubba Wallace, Chase Elliott are your two final guys. Look, I hope for content's sake he does because I think it would be hilarious. How much should he make up on the cut line this week? 15? Yeah, roughly. And where'd he finish? Not that great. Like, I... He's going to finish better at road courses. I know Michael McDowell will too. I get it. But but results show that Chase Elliott should run better than McDowell at road courses because he has. Now, maybe not over... Yeah, he is. His results are, are great there. He's going to get more stage points. By the way, we don't have to do these strategies anymore to avoid stage points because we don't have cautions. It, the whole kink would have been if road course races had yellows at stages, then you start to see madness because some people like Chase Elliott, or I don't know, maybe it might be Gibbs or Almondinger or whatever. They might say, all right, screw it. I'm not going to make it on points. I'm going for the race win. They're going to put themselves in front to try to win the race. Now, again, this is the cause and effect of changing how we do things. We have no stage breaks at the end of stage. We're just going to award points based off of how you're running. Chase Elliott will be ahead of McDowell. Just, he should be. Now, Gibbs is making up ground, and he continues to make up ground. I just think that the nine team finds something these last, I mean, Listen, all the Hendrick cars are right next to each other this week, but the but the best one was the nine car. I think that they are going to shift their focus to the 48 and the nine, and the nine gets in. He's getting in on points, and you're going to be wrong, and I'm going to be right because I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I in, in a way, I hope you are right for content's sake because I think it would be hilarious to to go out here and go get a siren somewhere and get a video of you ringing a siren when Chase makes the playoffs. If Chase makes the playoffs, I'll, you get me a siren, I will wind the <laughs> out of that thing. 
Done deal. Okay. Hundred percent. You have to hook it up to a car battery though. Whatever you want. All right. I'll I'll, I'll do whatever. Um, also looking at this cutoff line, he's clearly not in your playoff picture, so I guess it really doesn't matter. But AJ Allmendinger skipped practice and qualifying at Richmond to go run the Xfinity race Man. in Road America. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. There's there's got to be other factors that it doesn't make sense. And there's no I, to me, and this is my opinion because I'm I have a podcast and it's my job to analyze this. It makes no f-ing sense to me why you would give up practice and qualifying at Richmond to go run a meaningless Xfinity race. And there's no excuse in my mind why that Xfinity series means anything to you over what a cup playoff berth means to your company. I don't get it unless there's sponsor reasons, whatever. I, I can't get behind it because I guess... I tried to, before, you know, I knew I was going to have to comment on this. So I tried to get as much information from comments made by AJ and the team or whatever. And AJ said last week that, you know, again, he's he's saying it in the moment he's getting interviewed, but hey, we haven't really been that good at Richmond anyway. I'm like, well, you got a practice session. You got a chance to get better. Why aren't you there for that? And, and I don't think this, this is not an AJ decision. This is management's decision. I, I can't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Cup is what we're all here for. Um, it's the highest motorsports in America. And you're willing to start in the back and not get practice when you're five races away from a cut. Doesn't make sense. Uh, it doesn't make sense, and you know, you're giving up potential stage points. You never know. If where, let's just say he qualifies twenty first, twenty fifth. You then give yourself an opportunity to do a different type of strategy, such as a Truex, and get stage points. Starting in the back, you got you got no shot at that. Because you're so far back, you, you won't be up. You won't give yourself a chance to get stage points. And every point for A.J. Omdinger is going to mean something. I just, I can't make sense of it in my head. And we can talk about, we want to go trophy hunting. Who gives a about Xfinity Trophy? I mean, I guess they do. But it just, it's really tough. And it's hard to really come down and say, you know, who am I? Because I'm not running their race team, and I don't know all the factors involved. And I think that the most likely scenario is there's other factors that is not being talked about that made sense within their company and not sense to the rest of us. Well, I think the important question now is to ask you is what does it mean to make the Cup Series playoffs? Because you said earlier in the show that Shane Van Ginsenberg, Gin, I think, yeah. Uh, is going to have all these offers because he's good at road courses and he can put a team into the playoffs. So, I mean, what does it mean to make the, the Cup Series playoffs? Financially, it means a lot. You, you know, the, the charters get paid based off of where you are on a three-year running average of your points position. So, like the 11 team, like they are, I, I think we're the number one ranked charter, maybe the 19. We're really, really close. Either the 19 or the one or the 11 or the been the number one ranked 
charter for, for years now because of their three-year running average. I mean, the years we keep making the Final Four over and over and over, like it's just and, – and that ranks you, and then basically NASCAR pays your charters based off of where you are and where's your average point position over the last – Three years, they weigh the current year 70% or the previous year 70% or then it's like 20 and 10 or something like that. But it all matters. So I don't know where that 16-team charter is ranked, but it um, I, 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 you need to dig. we need to dig into that. Uh, but I would say if you can get yourself in the playoffs, you know you're not going to be worse than 16th in points as an owner that year. So is there a major financial difference between 16 and 17? Is it major? No, I don't think it's major, but it's significant. It's significant. Is there significant sponsor? Like, you're in the playoffs. It gives you a chance. If you, you're in the it playoffs, you you, I'm trying, I'm trying somehow to, you win that race, then you move on. Yeah. And, and I'm not disagreeing. Guess what? There's road courses in the playoffs. And, so he yeah. could get an opportunity to, bam, go the next round. AJ could have got lucky with qualifying this week and got the good group and maybe, you yes, know, somehow got in too. That's a good point too. That's a good point too. There, there's just a lot of factors. And again, unless there's more information, that's, that's what you got to keep going. Unless there's more information we don't know about, this didn't make any sense to me. Spot off. And others. <laughs> Spot off. It's not just me. Others said the you know, same thing. But again, He's not there's one. more others. I hear you. Dear Danny. Got some questions that we want to ask. Dear Danny, we need answers and we need them fast. We tried to ask Junior, but his answers were lame. And with DBC, it was more of the same. Now we're calling on you, because you're our only hope. This ain't the racetrack, so maybe you won't choke. Dear Danny. Dear Denny. Which mm. Generation Cup car did you enjoy the most? Mm. That's a tough Can one. Can you list them first of all? <laughs> Four, five, six, seven, next gen? <laughs> which, I'm just curious which ones you've... Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can't list them, no. I, how many generations have I driven? Didn't you start with four? Might have been four, five... Five was car tomorrow? And six and then seven. Okay, the yep. One. I started with four. Generation four was a really good car. It wasn't as safe as the car tomorrow. Uh, I understand the changes and why they made the changes to the car tomorrow that they did. My favorite car to drive, though, would probably be Gen 6. I think Gen 6 encapsulate it really had a lot of good things going and we didn't know how good we had it we thought we were talking about aero back then Whew, now is way harder to pass than what it used to be now the mile and a half have gained but i would argue the gen 6 550 package on mile and a half was as good a racing as you will ever see uh in nascar the finishes were fantastic the restarts were fantastic um we had 750 horsepower on short tracks you had to really wheel it on short tracks. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that Gen 6 was really good. Now, yeah, Gen 6 was really good. That's all I really got to say about that. What are the physical demands in a car at 135 degrees, and is there anything you could compare it to for us everyday people? 
I, I can't other than maybe sitting in a sauna. I mean, you could sit in a sauna, but how long are you going to be able to, how long would you be able to stay in 135 degrees in a sauna? Well, I think you're missing a, a key point, right? You're 135 degrees and pissed off in a sauna, <laughs> right? It's not just yeah. chilling in a sauna. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I think a lot of it is you just adapt. Your body adapts to it. Uh, I, you know, I don't get bothered as much by heat as as some do, but I think it's because after 20 years, I just have gotten so used to it. Uh, but, but yeah, I think. Um, it certainly is a factor, especially when you have long green flag runs like we had. I expected to see more drivers falling out of the seat. Um, and there's a lot that goes into falling out of the seat. You make more mistakes. You get dehydrated. So much of your body is made up of water that you dehydrate yourself just a little bit. Your brain doesn't function quite as good. Your muscles aren't working quite as good. So it, there's a lot of factors other than just heat that we have to fight week in, week out. And... Um, I didn't get bothered by it by too much. Um, I, it was 134 in the car. Trust me. You really feel it during cautions more than anything, uh, under the green, our adrenaline is pumping so much. We don't really, I, I don't let it bother me one bit. I, I don't run cool shirts that often. I did this weekend because the temperature was over 90. That's kind of our rule of thumb on the 11. And so if it's over 90, we'll run it, but other, otherwise we won't. Do you think you can catch Truex for the regular season championship? Boy, I sure wish I had my 25 points back that NASCAR took earlier in the year. How far are we back? 39. 39. God dang it. Yes is a short answer. We can catch them, but I sure rather be 14 points behind. Well, you are in the owner standings. So what, this, this was part of my inside conversation <laughs> to NASCAR uh, when I'm arguing them with them behind the scenes about this penalty. I'm like, you know, these points don't matter until they do. Like, I get it. It's just 25 points to you now. But, like, seriously, this is – don't do not do this and it end up being the difference in, you know, five extra playoff points because that might matter as well. You don't, you don't need the points until you do. And so um, we're battling back. Truex went on a big run there. And, and gapped us quite a bit. So we're 39. Byron's four, minus 43. He certainly wishes he had his, was it 60? 60 back. But um, what well, was 100 before? Bell, 91. He ain't getting there. Bush, 96. No. Harvick, 110. No. So it's probably a, a three-horse race between Truex, myself, and Byron for the regular season. Um there's road courses coming up. I think Truex is probably a little better road course racer than what I am, uh, although I'm working on it. Uh, I think I can maintain. And then Michigan, I'd, I'd give us maybe an upper hand there. And then Daytona. I just I feel like I need to be within 20 when we get to Daytona to, to give him a run for it. Yeah, that would be something if you somehow finish like, 10 behind him and miss the, the regular season Come on, man. because you don't, don't, don't do that to me. Don't do it. <laughs> it won't be me. It'll be Twitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, as you said, Michigan next week, it's only, only final thing on this rundown. Yeah. I, you know, I'm excited for Michigan. Um, Chris Gabehart has been telling me for weeks, like I'm going to finally get a Michigan win with you. Like we've, we've been the fastest car or one of the most, 
dominant cars over the last handful of years, really since I've had Chris Gabehart as my crew chief. Here you go, Denny. The last 11 races, you've had eight top 10s and uh, four top fives. Yeah, we've been better than that, though. I, and you like, won. Zoom in on the last five. La, well, though. last year you won uh, second stage, uh, uh, second in stage one, first in stage two, and you finished third. So you're right there the entire race. Bad pit stop. I remember. Bad pit stop, lost track position. Game See over. Ya. Yep. See ya. So we were. We were very strong last year. So I like our chances. We typically, anytime we are good, we can tweak a little bit and and make it a little better but the competition you know coming back with the next gen car they're the, the back of the field's going to get closer so i think that uh we better be on our game but i i like our chances it, it historically has been a really good track for me and chris that's it that's, that's it. all i got all right well let's get out of this heat man it's been so hot in the u.s southeast it's been miserable we're going to go up to the irish hills and hopefully cool off this weekend so we uh, had a fan leave a, a new fan leave a review this week new one. Oh, that's awesome right. you you got that on here travis and yeah. i looked right over it and this is a good one too this is from uh five o'clock somewhere and they say denny wasn't my favorite driver before but he is now i love hearing the thought from a driver week to week jared does a good job too <laughs> it kind of encapsulates our podcast right <laughs> yeah and jared with jared um yeah it's uh i appreciate the review i we we definitely we do read your reviews uh because they read them to me here but also i did check um i have a little portal where i kind of keep track of you know where our podcast is at and how it's doing it's doing very well so thank all of you for tuning in each and every week and um you know any other questions you want us to answer just you know give us a review and let us know what you think, how we can improve. and leave, You have to uh, leave a five-star review if they want us yeah, to answer any questions. Yeah, leave a five-star, but then you can leave constructive criticism after that. Yeah. You good with that, Travis? Yep, or you can leave a Dear Denny question in the five-star review, anything. Okay, perfect. We'll, we'll do that, and we'll continue reading your reviews and uh, reading your uh, Dear Denny questions, uh, and we'll try to get those answered for you. So appreciate you all tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Check out Dirty Mode Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.